the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and it's Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. Let me give you the phone number if you want to weigh in. 602 And because it is Tuesday, it's not Belgium, but it is time for the Hallmans. We, every third hour, have had Hugh and Lewis Hallman in with us since the um, – since the breakout of COVID in America and the United States, and we do COVID every Tuesday with you in depth and other things as well. It's all our territory, as Abraham Lincoln said. Hugh Hallman, where would you like us to start today? I think we should start with uh, where we are with COVID because people continue to seem to be losing their minds. The news media continues to beat uh, this horse as if it's going to kill us all. And I, just to give you an example of this, uh, three nights ago I was uh, checking news sites to see how the reporting was going, and I saw this headline, How Europe's Doors Are Slamming Shut for Americans. <laughs> I saw that, too. I think I know where you're going. Yes. Keep going. And I it, saw it, too. It started yeah, yeah. with, yeah. so there it is, <laughs> How that. Europe's Doors Are Slamming Shut for yeah. Americans, and then it starts, It Was Too Good to Last. Mm-hmm. While summer saw much of Europe open up to Americans, visitors offering uh, American visitors offering them the chance to fulfill lockdown dreams of eating gelato in Italy, etc., <laughs> It is Italy, a setup, you mentioned Italy. Of course. It is a setup to say that, of course, Americans, because we are terrible human beings, we refuse to mask, we don't get vaccinated, all of Europe, quote, is slamming shut. Are we not welcome in Italy? Uh, apparently not. So, But, of course, it is a CNN story yeah. to make sure we understand how lowly Americans are yeah. compared to their brethren in Europe. Yeah. And it it explains that, of course, the European Union, quote, recommended that U.S. visitors should be banned from non-essential travel. Unquote. Now, it takes almost three pages to finally learn that nobody gives a damn what the EU says in <laughs> European countries except, ladies and gentlemen, it is true you might now have trouble visiting the beautiful Bulgaria, uh, Norway, and Sweden. They are the only countries who responded to the EU call. Everyone else didn't change a thing. Now, why was this matter, this matter to me? Because I continue to be working on a project in Kazakhstan, and the only way to get there is to fly through Europe or through uh, Turkey. Hold, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. And as a result, here we have this massive drumbeat I've got to pay attention to, and I spent 10 minutes reading this story trying to find... To get to Bulgaria, not letting us in. Holy yes, oh my what will God, we do? Bulgaria. How, how will we sleep? And by the end of the story, it was clear that it was all nonsense. Yeah. No one, yeah. not a single European country other than Bulgaria, yeah. Norway, and Sweden. Yeah. Sweden has 6 million people. Norway has, what, 5 million? Yeah. Some, uh, yeah. Bulgaria has 12. Yeah. And so you, you can't get there, but everyone else is... Yes, I don't want to quite say it. This you can't way. eat gelato in Italy because you can't go to Bulgaria. Exactly right. So the whole point is the news media continues yeah. 
to play games with our hearts and minds, and that's the nonsense we want to start with. One of the really- now, Lou, you don't have to raise your hand here. Yes. You are a guest. <laughs> you have a microphone. I am not your teacher. Father. You I was are his mine. headmaster. Huh? I was his headmaster. Oh. He has to raise his hand. Uh, Go ahead, Lou right. J. So, wh- are you related to Hugh Holman? No. Do you get that question a lot in oh, school? I, I do not. <laughs> Did you no. change your last name? It, it, it's merciful. Yeah, that, people, that, the connection is relatively unknown. <laughs> Go ahead. So, Go uh, ahead. So one of, one of the great... Except for listeners on this show. Yeah. Go ahead, Lou. <laughs> so one of the uh, the interesting things about... Uh, how COVID has interact, uh, impacted the EU itself is that it really has been a massive blow to sort of the project of the European Union as an institution, because not only have we seen it, it came right on the heels of Brexit, uh, but we've then also seen every country within the EU fight amongst themselves, completely throwing away their lofty ideals of freedom of movement and the rest of it, trying to hoard medical supplies and really, you know, make the case that at the end of the day that progress and politics happen at the level of the nation state and not at the level of these supranational organizations. So that was the setting of the table. We'll, we'll just go very quickly to say that... So it's kind of a Margaret Thatcher point about the EU indeed. from right, the outset. Right. We aren't one culture here. Absolutely. Right, yeah. And, and so ultimately, uh, just so folks get a sense of peace if they have made the mistake of reading the headlines in our local newspapers or those that try to cover Arizona... Or want to buy a car in Bulgaria. Indeed. Um, they actually are spectacular cars. <laughs> if only Yugoslavia had shut That's us out. That's a problem. Yeah, the, this the is Yugo. a big problem. But uh, the the trending continues to be down. It is kind of leveled off. It's a little flat. Uh, cases, uh, interestingly, and I, I wanted to make fun of this uh, because the Arizona State Department of Health Services continues to make the mistake they've made all along. Nobody wants to work on Saturdays, Sundays, or holidays. So miraculously, we have huge numbers of cases being reported on Monday. Mondays. So we have these funky once a week spikes on Mondays where they're getting all the data from Saturday, Sunday and Monday, reporting it as if it were all on Monday. So we have these weird spikes. But effectively, when you smooth out the data, it's still running about 22, 2300 cases. The height of this spike, this this fall spike was 4000 on August 16th, a Monday, uh, followed by the week later data on the 23rd of 3900, uh, followed a week later on a Monday of 3600. So you see this, if you look at the data, it's just crazy with all these ups and downs, but the trend line continues to be down. And that's also true of hospitalizations. We still have drum roll. Yes, 9%, only 9% of our ICU beds are empty and only 9% of our IP beds are empty. But that's generally been true from the beginning. Why? As we've talked, hospitals are like hotels. You've got to have butts in beds in order to stay in business. And so they try to keep their beds filled, um, uh, whether or not you've got COVID. Certainly, we've talked before about the fact that COVID patient numbers uh, are, are artificially high because hospitals test everyone. And if you're there for a hip surgery and you test positive for COVID, you're a COVID patient. They get a 20% upcharge for all that good stuff. The same issue is on death. We still see numbers are flat. But uh, you want the one thing about these hospitalizations, which I've never liked as, a, as, a, as, a, as an indicator because we don't know what's going on precisely for the reasons you just stated. You may be, uh, you may be COVID positive, but you're there for a broken leg, et cetera. Um, we just got a story out today that most of these hospitalizations were mild cases. That's the Atlantic piece, yes? Yeah. 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 Right. So I don't think hospitalizations is a relevant figure at all, but, but if, I, especially when hospitals want hang them. On, hang on, guys. Yes, hospitals want them, but 
let's compare apples to apples. And we're looking at a general continuation of how people have been hospitalized. And my point is that this terrible spike, that uh, the numbers are up, all of those comments are based on the fact that this this spike is about a quarter what the biggest spike was in the winter of last right. year. Right. And so losing our minds as if it's as bad as that, that's what people are being led to believe, mm-hmm. that children are dying in the streets and in schools, and so we must vaccinate them and vask, va- mask them. So let me now come to the main point. Your host, ladies and gentlemen, did a brilliant job without the Hallmans talking about COVID numbers yesterday. He opened the show with a beautiful uh, monologue. I commend it to your attention. Go to the website and listen to that podcast for that opening, because his point was, why are we doing all of these things? Why are we now mandating that children wear masks and potentially get vaccinated? It's not to protect the children, because as of the 4th of September... That is a week ago from the beginning of this pandemic measured by February 1st, although the data now goes all the way to January 1st, for that entire year ago, 21 year ago. months, the total number of people under the age of 18 who have succumbed to COVID is 412. When you compare that to other diseases, pneumonia, for example, there are twice as many. But what's really important to compare that to is suicides and uh, car crashes, all kinds of deaths that students have succumbed to that far exceed these numbers. So when we hear that we must protect the children, if we save one life, we must expend every resource we have. Everyone in this country must become a slave and generate all their resources for the purpose of saving one life from covid. But we don't care about the students who died from illegal immigrants coming across the border carrying drugs who have fed them to them. And those children died from drug addiction. We don't care about the suicides that have plagued our society, tens of thousands of them now, from children who have become despondent from the complete lack of socialization, losing their friends, the kind of withdrawal or even or, or even the experience of seeing a human face who have missed that for a year of their crucial early development. So with Lewis now, he, I think, best picks up the entire effort here. After the break. After the break. You guys are getting good on me. You guys are getting good. I want to talk more about this because it's manifestly true. We are punishing children to save adults, which is something we've never done. As far as these accidental deaths in all kinds of other drug overdose issues you're talking about, Hugh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And more people who have been doubly vaccinated in Arizona alone have died than children. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Hugh Hallman and Lewis Hallman didn't get their proper introductions in the last segment. We uh, went straight to it. Uh, Lewis Hallman is the managing director of Insight Analytics, among other things. Hugh Hallman is an attorney uh, in town, former mayor of Tempe. 
among other things. Uh, I am Seth Liebson, among other things, especially <laughs> if you were to read my fan mail, which <laughs> isn't fan mail. Uh, Lewis, you were making an important point. So we had come to this figure of 412 deaths of children under the age of 18 from COVID-19 over the past 21 months. So there's a lot of, of very interesting things you can do with just sort of that statistic. I think the first piece I'd like to kind of think about is just imagining and thinking about the sheer miles of ink that have been spilt by midwit, innumerate journalists about how much radical danger all of our children are in if we don't shutter all of our schools, impose mask mandates, impose vaccine mandates, and otherwise overhaul our human experience for them. Every child who dies so, or every parent who dies is now national headlines. Right. I, I, I would like to know. I never how, got that with drug overdoses, by the way. How many, how many articles do you think that is per child? Right. Were there 1,000 written per, per yeah. child casualty? 10,000 maybe? Who knows? Uh, but the next piece of it that I, I'd like to, to talk about is that, again, these numbers, when we talk about U.S. COVID mortality rates, these are arrived at using a 60-day standard. Now, what that means is, is that if you have had COVID, if you have tested positive for COVID and then died within 60 days of that positive test, it is then the CDC has mandated that your death certificate be uh, 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 described as a death by COVID in the first box. Yep. Yes. Interestingly, they've also now changed all of their language about reporting deaths to be deaths from certificates to make it seem as if this is a more official and accurate count of all COVID deaths, but they still follow this very same standard, despite the fact that the language around it has changed. So the rest of the world does not use a 60-day standard like we've discussed on this show before. They use a 28-day standard. The UK used to use a 60-day standard. They converted about a year ago, and when they did so, they, they had Oxford do a study to determine what the difference was in those two modes of counting oh, wow. COVID deaths. Wow. And if you change from a 60-day standard to a 28-day standard, you lose about half of the casualties, yeah. which means that all of the United States COVID deaths are about double the reported total if you were comparing apples to apples against every other major like European Europe. country. Yeah. Right. Oh. So it's not the only thing the CDC is <laughs> a little different on their definition, their dictionaries. It, well, it's, I guess it's a new dictionary. We'll come to that in a minute. I'll let you finish your point if you want. The last piece of it is that now that we're looking at this 412 number of, of, of deaths from children yeah. Yeah. where and we're also thinking about the fact that we have this this standard. Well, if you look at all of the deaths with this 60 day inflated standard from 2019 to 2020, overall mortality in the U.S. increased by about. 10%. So we went right back up to the mortality rate instead of 2019's rate. It was more like the blood-soaked days of 2004. Remember how bad those were? The, yeah. How awful schools that was. Schools were closed. Right. The schools were shuttered. You know, we all had masks on our That's face terrible. because of the, the pollutants in the atmosphere. It looked like the boy in the bubble. Our so. doors were welded shut yeah. by the Chinese Remember army. That? Churches yeah. were closed. Right. Travel was restricted and locked down. were shuttered, yeah. Right. And, and so I, I would really like to put that in perspective to people. If we can think about this last year as being akin to 2004 We managed to pull off harm. a presidential election, as I recall. Right. And so I don't remember death in the debates. No, no, I really don't. Uh, and, and so I, I really would like to, to think about how we allowed such staggering overreach to happen I from what was 
run-of-the-mill 2004 numbers. And and what it does look like when you look at the long-range data changes year to year to year is that healthcare was improving and lives were ga- lengthened, and we'd forgotten that it's not typical to live till you're 88 that you might only live to your 87 or 86 because, of course, 80% of these COVID deaths are people 65 and over. And so it raises your point again, Seth. Who are we protecting by all these mandates? Well, let's do that math I did yesterday. I know it's hard to absorb listening, but I think my math is right. And it is based on that 60-day notice, but it's doing it with post-childhood as well as child, 18 above and, and under 18. There's a 1% chance of dying, basically, if you just look at a map and put a pin blindly in America. 1% chance of dying from COVID, taking no account into demographics or health or preconditions. Okay, there's about generally a 1% chance of dying from COVID in America. There's nine ten thousandths of 1% chance of dying from I would from take COVID. issue with that analysis, because actually, Seth. Go ahead. So uh, if we're talking about 600K COVID deaths out of 300 million Americans, I would say naively that there is about a 0.2% chance of dying from COVID, not a 1% chance. Sorry. Okay. You overstated your case by fivefold. Do you accept that there are nine ten thousandths of 1% chance of dying from it if you get it as a child? Uh, That sounds closer to accurate. Now get this, and I call well, it, it hashtag. Might be, it might actually be better than that. Actually, you've got the stats right there. Yeah, so we've got just, 412 I, deaths. How many cases were there? And I'm just pulling up. Don't US do po- cases. You've no, got to do the population of US under popu- 18. Yeah. U.S. population yeah. by is a, I'm using a about 80 million as my number. I think that's about right. Yeah. 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 You have to. Yeah. That would be about right. Yeah. yeah. 80 million would be about. Yeah, un- you can't do it over. Yeah. That's the trick in this. You so, so really, it's significantly better than that, Seth, because we're talking about, let's see, that would be. Four out of 500,000 is one out of 125,000. The number is really closer it's, to 700 at this point. It's, but, it's yeah. minuscule. It's right. one out of about 100,000, right. a little less than that. There are 2,674 breakthrough deaths. Okay? That's 10 times the number of children who have died from COVID this year alone. Five times the number of all children's deaths. People who have been doubly vaccinated and died from COVID or with COVID is five times the number of all children's deaths, with or without a vaccine. Adults vaccinated have died at a rate 1,149% higher than all children. With 2,200 children in the hospital with COVID as of today, that pales to the 11,440 people in the hospital who have been vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. A 420% difference. Mm -hmm. Who the H are we doing this for? Correct. That, that is fundamentally the issue here. Now, they will say, well, we're worried about children bringing it home to the adults. Yes. That's their no, best and, argument. And that is, that is a fair argument to make. And we've ta- we talked about this when schools were all shuttered. And the answer was... If you're afraid if, of your children, if, I'd say don't have them, no, honestly. If honestly. you have somebody who's living in your home, who's got a comorbidity, who's grandma and she's 65 and over, then maybe your child could and should participate in school, if that's what you're concerned about, by wire, understanding that you're sacrificing a whole lot of learning and a whole lot of other issues for that child. But it is that parent's decision to make that they are protecting themselves and their other uh, house members. What the problem we now have is government and specifically teachers unions are imposing these decisions on everyone. And every child is being forced to wear a mask to protect the members of the union. This teachers union is writing, ghostwriting for the CDC. Are you aware of this? Yep. Yes. 
That's why you. We have a radio host union. Jim Ryan's. This is where Jim Ryan's veins in his forehead bulge a little bit. But if we had a radio host union, we could draft some language for the CDC. Maybe the FDA, since the CDC is in the pocket of the teachers' unions. Think we could get the FDA, Hugh? If we unionized? Yeah, sure. All right, you're an attorney. Make it so. I'm Seth Leapson there, the Hallman, 602 We'll be right back. I posed the question earlier, if you had to listen to one band or musician all day long without trying to deliberately go insane, something you'd like, who would be on that list? You can think about it if you don't have an immediate answer. I, I put, Stan Rogers. Who? Stan Rogers. Oh, Stan Rogers, yes. Sinatra for you, probably. It, you. it would be something, it would be like Sinatra, that. but it would probably be uh, just a big band so that I could listen. Yeah, without, right? The, yeah, because the lyrics then take my mind off the work, and if right. I've got to do something, I can't have lyrics. I love the big band era. Yeah. Tell me about Stan Rogers. Oh, it's just a, a Canadian folk singer, does a lot of um, sort of nautical type stuff, so sea shanties, whaling, that oh, kind I love, of stuff. I love that kind of so, music. So uh, Barrett's Privateers is like one of his more famous uh, uh so he's Works. part of the Canadian uh, yeah. uh, music. Canada's given us some great musicians. Really good stuff, yeah. I, you should check him out if Ryan you're not very Adams. familiar with him. Madeline Perot. Who? Madeline Perot. Oscar Ma- Peterson. Oscar Peterson. Maynard Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Shania Twain. Who did The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Gordon Lightfoot. Right. Gordon Lightfoot. There you go. Yeah. Bare Naked Ladies. Canadian. Bare Naked yeah, Ladies. Who am I missing? It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Holman and Lewis Holman are our guests. Uh, let me read you a quote from a book that just came out today from Heather Hang and Brett I Weinstein. just bought this, yeah, actually, I sitting knew, on my bed. I said, this is a book that Lewis is going to make his white whale. When I got this well, book. My wife got it for me. The she, Hunter-Gatherer's she Guide to the 21st Century. It literally is. It's on my bedside table right no now. Doubt. I'm going to read I, it as soon as we get I back I said, this, this book was written for the audience of Lewis. Let me read a quote from it. It's on the chapter of childhood. You're both very interested in this because you both have done a lot of work in the youth community. Each of us was a child at one time. And you've done a lot of work in the youth communities. Giving children enough space to make their own decisions and mistakes is a fine needle to thread, and protecting them from from real dangers is even finer. Our societal pendulum has swung too far to one side to protecting children against all risk and harm such that many who come of age under this paradigm feel that everything is a threat, that they need safe spaces, that words are violence. By comparison, children with exposure to diverse experiences, physical, psychological, and intellectual, learn what is possible and become more expansive. It is imperative that children experience discomfort in each of these realms, physical, psychological, and intellectual. Absent that, they end up full-grown, but confused about what harm actually is. They end up Children in the bodies of adults. I love Brett Weinstein and and Heather Hying, and I would just like to take that quote that you read, replace the word children with constituents, okay. and then parents with poli- uh, politicians, okay. and then I think we have a very accurate description of what is wrong with the country today. That the nanny state has overwhelmed all of our uh, needs and wants. Uh, we have a class of politicos who believe that 
they know better than most, and they will then supply all the sucker that uh, everyone needs. And as a result, we have denied people their humanity. And this conversation is dominated by the minimization of hurt rather than the, the engendering of resilience. Mm. That's really a bumper good. sticker. Write that down. The engendering of hurt rather than the resilience of... No, the, the uh, uh, prevention of hurt rather prevention than... Prevention of hurt no. rather than the engendering yeah. of resilience. So what I meant by the humanity piece is, so uh, it comes out of my work for with Habitat for Humanity. I ran the East Valley chapter for a decade, uh, and we built... Our best goal was to build uh, in a sustainable way, meaning cost-effective, that we didn't spend more money building the houses than they were worth. <laughs> So our goal was every year we could Imagine. build yeah we could build a house that was worth eighty eighty five thousand dollars and do it for something less than twenty grand uh, all volunteer basis so that's just the materials effectively and the important lesson about habitats approach was people who are going to build their house they have to build they have to spend five hundred hours building their own house so they learn the skills and abilities to maintain the house once they receive it they also then value it because they know what it took to build. When we start handing out resources to people without any need to earn them, we deny them their humanity. They don't understand what it takes to create, and they have no value for the things that are created. Is it any wonder that the projects in every city end up looking like the projects because the very people who receive them receive them at no cost, have no value associated with what they're receiving, and they, as human beings, are denied their humanity. This I is said, what, well, a handout is a terrible thing. Can you hold it to the other a, side? A handout is a terrible thing to do to somebody. It, to, well, I remember, I think it was like the first week I was working with Jack Kemp and we were actually in the elevator go, getting into the office at the same time. I said, what's your elevator pitch? That's when the phrase was all over the place. What's your elevator pitch for ownership? As he just had an op-ed in the Washington Post on ownership. He said, my elevator pitch on ownership no one's ever taken a Hertz or Avis car to the car wash. I said, okay, okay, except those who own it. The Tragedies of the Commons. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Hugh Hallman and Lewis Hallman are our guests, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. It's the company I, my family, and friends use. I love these people. If you were going to build a small business, this is a small business you wish you had because it's just full of delightful people. You kind of have to experience it to know it, but they are there for you 24-7, and they make your problems their problems. Whether you are in need of an air conditioning repair, replacement, a new unit, an inspection, whether you have a plumbing problem, Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, it's the company I use. It's the company I love. Give them a call at 623-734-1932. That's 623-734-1932, or visit them online at cooltouchac.com. That's CoolTouchAC.com. Did you have a lagging point you wanted to make? I think maybe you did. We were we were talking about um, that sort of the the issues in that we, we need a society where we we earn our, our our place in it, and that you know the all all that uh, is good in life is not just given to us for free. Right. That one of the big reasons for this is is tied up in why central planning and communism fail. Okay. And the big reason that they fail is because solving the problem of how to orient an entire economy is vast. There are just 
even if you were to do it on one product, right? Even if you were to just try and and, and figure out how many socks everybody need, that in and of itself would be such a complex optimization problem that one person would never do it. And so we need we need markets. We need things where people act on their own accord. They they make deals with one another, and they have information about how much things are worth because they are they're going out and and producing them every day. And so, just as how you don't understand what your house house is worth worth unless you you build it, or you earn won't, the money to pay or, for exactly, it. Exactly, or earn the money to pay for it. You you can't understand what being an American is worth or means because all of these rights, you know, things that are called rights are just privileges that we are being packaged down our throat without cost. Right. And so we have these diluted and awful uh, 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 notions and entitlements about what the, spa- right. the state and our neighbors are obligated to do to ensure our well-being. And it's this core, the fact that we believe that everyone around us is obligated to to bend over backwards to ensure our safety is, I think, at, at the heart of the the derangement driving the COVID uh, uh, nonsense. You know, this is a, a, it's a small point, and we'll go to calls. Aaron, bear with me one sec. It's a small point, but it's an important adjunct to yours, Hugh. That's also the principle of educational choice. We have asked in almost every school choice system I've seen, you ask the parents to put in something. It's not a free ride. Because you have to have and an investment, students. right? Correct. And right. the students. Right. So as the example of the school system I ran, uh, which fumbled its way all the way to 15th best in the country, according to U.S. News & World Report, um, it, it required that families contribute by coming to the school on a monthly basis and spending a few hours helping to clean the campus, helping to maintain it, painting things, other activities, so that students would learn what that means, that chiseling your name into desks or otherwise into into f- fixtures and features of the facility was probably a bad idea. I bet your school was open to parental involvement at many levels. Indeed. It is the first mark of a good school, which is why I say school choice is, is necessary but not sufficient, because you can have an awful lot of crummy private schools that don't do those kinds of things. We focused on one yesterday, which is a private school of some note. And it's not the answer, not if you don't think Plessy versus Ferguson should be applied to health care anyway. Shall we take a call? Please, Aaron. Aaron is in surprise. Hello, Aaron. You're on with me and the Hallmans. Thank you so much for taking the call, teacher. I appreciate it. You bet. Um, I've, I've been not shocked but disappointed that most people in the media, and, and including some of our GOP representatives, who I, I think are basically complicit with this whole establishment class thing they keep um given biden and his regime shade by saying that the stuff that he's done the last eight months have been mistakes but i think they've all been rather intentional and i noticed that uh, senator blackburn kind of chimed in with what i've been thinking and saying for months and and seth you and i sent uh, letters back and forth last february i thought donald trump was the only one to go up against the establishment and to stop the hypocrisy, lies, and projection that they've been feeding us, we the people, for years, decades maybe. The, the, the question I think you make, or the point you make is, how can we honestly give these guys a pass that these are mistaken actions right. and not intentional? And I think Lewis has perhaps one of the most cogent discussions uh, to present regarding Afghanistan. 
well, they cannot possibly be mistakes. So I, I'd actually even start this um, not even with Afghanistan. I'd start this with World War One in in Germany, uh, because we have this conception of the First World War of Europe just blundering into itself and igniting the continent in, in this monstrous conflagration, but. What really had to have happened is actually this was a much more carefully orchestrated thing than we realize by looking at it today. Because if you if you look at what has to happen for a division to be mobilized, like a German infantry division, there were about a thousand separate orders that had to go out, be written and signed just to get the hay available for the horses. Not the guns, not the ammo, just the hay. So there was nothing accidental about how Europe blundered into war. Yes, but I, I think similarly, bring it, bring it to today, Afghanistan. There was and nothing the exit. accidental about how we we blundered out of Afghanistan. You know, we we wanted to do it in such a way that that it, it happened quickly and totally ensconced with our prior policy. But that that was not a mistake. We pushed back our initial deadline. We had the time to do it properly. And instead, we got an unmanaged mess uh, uh, that then now may have the, ta- the Taliban uh, not only collecting all of the arms that American troops left, but all of the arms that we then funded the Afghan National Army to the tune of 300,000 men. But the point I would make is that Lewis has an insight regarding the fact that Afghanistan and China share a 50-mile border, and immediately across that border on the Chinese side the is Uyghurs. Huge, the, the Uyghurs, a huge population of Muslims who share the same sect uh, and may ultimately get armed by the Taliban and could ultimately be helping us uh, cause China problems. Maybe it's the CIA versus the uh, the traditional military. That was Lewis's point, which I thought was insightful, Aaron. Uh, so maybe it wasn't a blunder. <gasps> Thank you. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Yeah, let's uh, end on the notion of only in America and an American thing. Hugh, uh, take the last segment to talk about something very meaningful. Um, I will brag. You don't. Um, you say whatever you want about the event. Uh, something very meaningful you did uh, this past weekend. So in Tempe, there is one of the last standing healing fields, and the healing field is a uh, in Tempe Beach Park in this instance. It is a memorial, a living memorial in many ways, to the people who lost their lives from the attacks uh, on our country on September 11th, 2001. And it was the 20th anniversary of that attack this last weekend. And the overshadow of the disaster of the exit from Afghanistan uh, was palpable. That said, I was heartened to see so many Arizonans and visitors from around the country make their way to Beach Park and pay respects to those who lost their lives, many of them innocent victims, but many who were serving their country and uh, serving as firefighters and police officers who were working diligently to save others' lives. Uh, it, it reminds me that for most of us who are not engaged in the political battle on a daily basis, who, who maybe read the headlines, spend 10 minutes listening to the noise on the news, uh, the radio, etc., that uh, for most of us, we're still engaged in a society that is beautiful, mm-hmm. that is filled with people who understand what it takes to retain the free, open society we have, while at the same time protect us. We have men and women in uniform now, both in the military and in police forces, who on a daily basis to protect us must do everything 
perfectly. Where terrorists merely need to get lucky once. And those people protecting us are doing it while respecting our U.S. and state constitutions and honoring what it meant to create this society as the last shining city on a hill. They do that on a daily basis with the constraints that our Constitution provides and for 20 years have protected us very ably. We're now going to be in a, in a firefight that we had not seen for 20 years because we left Afghanistan in a mess and supplied arms and materiel to people who want to do us harm. I hope we all pull together and continue to remember that this is a unique experiment that will not be repeated again in history. We must preserve it. Bless you for doing that. Bless you for saying that. Bless you both. Bless you all. Until tomorrow, class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.